entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I'd love to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with you. I've put together a uh, insightful and think outside the box live web class on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific. It's specifically designed to help you learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with having a sale-ready business. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. And I am super excited to have my guest on with me today, Jen Lee. Jen is a debt and credit attorney and the owner of Jen Lee Law, Inc. It's a law firm with offices in San Francisco, San Ramon, and Tracy, California. She is a leading expert on debt, credit, financial stress, and and has been featured in the Consumer Affairs, U.S. News, and World Report, and other national publications. Jen is the creator of several innovative programs that deal with financial stress and rebuilding after financial disasters. Jen is the co-author of Preventing Credit Card Fraud, which is a complete guide for everyone from merchants to consumers, published by Roman and Littlefield in March of 2017. So Jen is also a dear friend on Provisors. So Provisors is a great community that we both uh, uh, are actively participating in that re- it creates a, a huge resource of professionals just like Jen. So welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thanks, Marcia. Happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited too. So we, um, as we start 2022 and, and get the year off going, a lot of us have looked at what we can do financially to be more profitable, to do that business plan, to forecast how how great 2022 is going to be. But something that they miss, and I know that they miss this, is how they're managing their debt and their cash flow. And I know you're an expert on that. And I'm so glad to have you on the show because I think this is such an important topic about managing your debt properly. It is an important topic and it's one that no one likes to talk about. So that's why I do have my elephant in the room is because no one likes to talk about this part of finances, but everyone makes those new year's resolutions. Business owners do it as well at the beginning of the year to get their finances under control or figure things out. And the hardest part about doing that is just facing that reality of looking at the numbers and figuring out what they have. So true. So true. You know, a funny thing that, um, you know, I'm a proponent of using credit and debt positively. You know, there are benefits of leverage and in all businesses and personally, we all use it as well, but you have to be good with it and you have to be able to understand the risk that you're taking on and how quickly you're going to repay that, right? You do. And there are, there's good debt. And I know I'm going to get yelled at by some kind of attorney. No, no, no. (laughs) There's good debt. And then there is really bad debt. There there is some really there are really bad options out there for people. And the more desperate you are to get financing, the worse those options become. And they're the what's 
what puts you in a business basically. So as mm. you were saying, there is good debt. There's great ways to leverage what you have in your capital and um, expand using debt if you have good credit. But then if you have bad credit and you're desperate, mm. be really, really careful because those options then become barriers to you selling and barriers to being, being able to function as your business. If you're selling your accounts receivable or you're selling your daily credit card transactions and things like that, those can be really predatory at some point. So. Wow, yeah, you know, there's lots of opportunities to, to get money and there are a lot of hungry um, money lenders out there. And I think, you know, many of us, you know, will have heard or seen it on TV or maybe a radio channel where they say, oh, get, you know, get quick cash and, you know, you can have this kind of thing and we only charge X amount per month, <laughs> you know, yes. on the total amount of it. Those are ridiculous stay away, you know, yeah. problem um, problems for people on the personal side. But there are those kind of, uh, as you just mentioned, on the business side, too, that we're not thinking, you know, it's yeah. that bad. Well, on the business side too, there's no consumer protection on business mm. loans. If something's marked as a business loan, they don't have the same types of consumer protections on them that I you would normally like normally. Yeah. And so business owners will often sign confessions of judgment as part of their loan packages for some of these online lenders where they don't even have to sue you. They can just go in and register their judgment because you right. signed it as part of your loan docs. And those are the ones where they say, upload your bank statements and you'll have the money within 24 to 48 hours type thing. And so in some states have, they used to be based out of New York and New York has started to, to forbid these confessions of judgment. But I still like to warn people that read your loan docs and make sure you know what they can do to you if you don't make the daily payment. I've got clients who make $800 a day in payments to some of these like they're almost like payday loans. Yikes. And so read your loan docs to find out what will happen if you aren't able to make that payment. Because a lot of people don't, they just sign on the dotted line. On they're the, like, I need the, the money. Let's go. Yep, I read docs yep. before half the road. And it's got that clause or that page in there that says Something, that, yeah. you know, yikes, yikes. Okay. So what does it, what does, okay. Let's, let's face, um, face the fact. Yep. All of us have debt, right? All yep. of us have debt. Even stellar companies have debt. Even us rich and famous people, right? <laughs> we have debt. And a lot of us um, pretend we don't or, you know, think that we're out there. But what are some of the things that we business owners can do to get that debt down a little bit and manage it properly so that it's good debt? Yeah. So I always tell people the elephant in the room is that 80% of the people around you have a debt or credit problem of some sort. And you would never know by the way people talk. It's a lot of fake it till you make it that goes on. No one talks about debt because they're afraid they're going to be looked down upon when really we all have it. So the best time to take on credit and to leverage is when you have good credit. So everyone waits until they have a need for credit. And the best time to get credit is when you don't need it. Right. Because then you can use those funds to leverage. So good types of debt would be mortgages are good types of debt. If you buy a building and can get an SBA loan to do a commercial, that's good types of debt. It's low interest, reasonable payments. They don't long period of time, long periods of time. And, and those are things you want to look out for. Like, are there reasonable terms to this? If you are taking on like a 25% loan to do something, which back in the 80s probably would have been okay, but now in these right. days, it's not an okay thing. 
be really careful to watch those terms. Um, other types of, of good debt that I see is if you get credit lines, a lot of banks will grant credit lines to businesses mm-hmm. and having that credit line there for emergencies or to do payroll and pay it back and do things like that. As long as you're managing it, that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. The types of debt that we should be managing and paying down are higher interest. If you use credit cards to run your business, if you have some of these online loans, those are not great types of debt. And those are the ones that you want to have a plan, not just to pay back the minimums on, but what's your plan to pay those things off. And if you're looking at your balance sheet and your profit and loss, and there's no cushion in there, Mm. you really should talk to someone about how you can pay this down and get rid of some of the debt because it's really stressful. It affects everything in your life. It totally does. Because if you're up to, if, if you're up to your eyeballs in debt, and, and an opportunity comes along that you need cash, then you have to go borrow it again to take that opportunity because yep. you don't have that slush that you said um, yep. on, on the balance sheet. So it, it yeah. is a hard time to, to be, you know, to be debt laden or highly debt laden. It is. But the other thing to know is your numbers. So you need to know how much debt you have and what interest you're paying each month and and be aware of that. It's hard to look at. It's really hard for business owners to look at. And we're not taught how to run a business. Usually we get a degree in something and we're not taught how to actually run a business. And I, you know, you didn't get an accounting degree and that kind of thing, but you really do have to look at your numbers and know, I, I can't tell you how many times I talk to people and I'm like, well, how much in credit card debt do you have for the business? They're like, oh, I think it's 60 or $70,000. And then we go look at everything and it's like $120,000. Like, oh yeah, there was this line of credit. Oh yeah, there was this. And so yeah, you have nobody to wants to admit it. That. Yes, but you have to face it too. Even yeah. if you don't admit it to anyone but yourself, you have to know those numbers. So, so when we're looking at debt, is there a ratio that we want to have um, a percentage of that income that we have coming in that would be safe to manage? So I, I hesitate to put exact percentages on things because each business is different. Your profit margin may be really different. Like restaurant owners, I have a lot of restaurants as clients because the margins in the restaurant business are so very slim that Mm -hmm. even a little bit of debt can put that out of, out of whack. But I would say if you're paying more than 20% towards debt, I would be concerned because you still need to pay your payroll. You need to pay your operating expenses and, if and, you yourself. Have more than, and yourself, <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yes. pay yourself. So if you're paying more than 20% of your revenue towards that, you'd be better off paying that towards marketing costs and towards yourself than paying it towards, well towards said. debt. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, when you said that 20% mark, you know, I went, oh my gosh, you know, so I'm probably over that. I'm sure listeners are over that. And um, so are there any, um, are there any quick ways that we can pay those down? I mean, you've heard the personal lines and and the Dave Ramsey's and all those other kind of guys that are out there (laughs) saying, oh, live on a wallet of, you know, cash. So I'm a big fan. I'm not a big fan of the one size fits all approaches that those, those national people use just to, to be very clear. I'm very individualized on things. The best system is the one that you'll follow. Mm. And so everyone that comes in, I have to figure out, okay, what's going to work for, for paying this down. And sometimes it's taking a chunk and paying off over a portion of the debt because your credit score, even if you're a business owner, your credit score is affecting some of this. Sometimes we can reorganize the debt if you get your credit score up and we can consolidate things and get on a better plan, but you need to get your credit score up. 
So sometimes mm. that's part of the strategy is paying down. There, there, there's across. two credit scores though, right? There's your personal credit score as the owner of the company, but there's also another kind of credit score that we're looking at on the business, um, a, a Duns and Bradstreet, right? DMB, right? yeah. Yes. Yeah, Duns, yeah. So how does so, one get that credit score up? So DMB is a service you can go sign up your business for so they'll rate your company. Mm-hmm. Um, most credit grantors are not going to give you credit based on your DMB score. Okay, good. Initially, maybe a couple years into it, they'll give you if you get good credit, if you build it up and, and use their service. Um, but most credit grantors for a small business are going to go off of your personal credit score because you're going to have to personally guarantee everything anyway, mm. which a lot of people don't understand. I have a lot of clients who are business owners like, oh, that's the business debt. That's not my debt. I'm like, no, they're going to sue you personally because you signed off on a guarantee. Mm. Um, and so that's also a hard discussion to have. Everyone's like, oh, I kept this separate. I have an LLC or I have a corporation. So that debt belongs. I'm like, no, that's not how the creditors know that it's risky to lend to a small business and they've put in steps into place to be able to collect from you directly. Uh, to, to. to go around that, that corporate umbrella that we think we have set up and we're safe and we're doing all the yep. right things to keep that umbrella correct. But yep. like you said, they put in clauses that if you just quickly sign, you, they just went right around that and there's no protection whatsoever you have on it. Exactly. Mm, and landlords too. So most leases that small business owners sign have a personal guarantee of the, mm-hmm. the individual signing the lease. So everyone's like, no, that's my, my landlord has an agreement with my LLC or my corporate. I'm like, no, you signed a personal guarantee. Yeah. And that's more cop. That's more common than, mm-hmm. than not. Right. I yes. mean, with yes, small yes. businesses and we're talking those businesses under what, under 10 million in revenue, under 25 yeah, million probably. in revenue. I mean, it's most of us, right? Yeah. It's most of us, it's under 10 million in revenue is most, it's like 90% of businesses in the U.S. are under, under that, I think. Yeah. And so it's, it's pretty much anyone, unless you've been in business for a really long time and you don't have any track record of defaulting on anything, or it's more than just one owner, you're going to sign a personal guarantee. I would tell all my landlord clients on the other side of things, I always mm-hmm. get a personal guarantee. So yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Okay. So, so now that we've, um, we've talked a little bit about um, the, cr- the credit report and, and how we can do that, as a small business owner, you know, there is a, there, we all know what credit scores are. You know, if you're in the 600s, you're not so good. If you're in the 700s, you're, you're better, but you're 800, you're, you're great. So monitoring that on a personal level will give you lots of benefits in your business, right? I mean, yeah. when you're looking at terms, you get better terms, right? Yeah, you do. You'll get way better terms if your credit score is good. And it, and good is basically you think 700 or above. Like if you're a 700 or above, you're going to get most of the best terms of things. There's some that will go like 770 if it's like an elite type product of some sort. But 700 and above is a good credit score. Even if you're in the 600s, you'll still get credit card offers, your interest rate, credit line offers and things like that. Your interest rate may be a little higher. Once you get down below 600, I always tell people it's going to be really hard for us to reorganize this with any code consolidation or anything like that because your score is just too low to do that Mm -hmm. so having that information and knowing what your credit score is and at any given time you have more than 300 different credit scores 
Oh. The reason people don't know that people think, oh, I have a credit score of 800 or I have a credit. Score. I'm like, under which system? Because there's all <laughs> kinds of different scoring algorithms out there. What TransUnion says on like Credit Karma may be different than what TransUnion tells the car dealership because they all have mm. different things they're looking for. And in the mortgage industry, they have all kinds of overlays that they put on to credit scores to it basically lowers your credit score because they're looking at more things. And so Keeping an eye on your credit score is a great thing, but just keep in mind that when you go apply for something, they may, may not be looking at the same system, right. but the benefit to looking at it is, you know, what's out there, what's being reported. And, and there's, and there's several factors that are in it. Um, the number yeah. of credit cards, how long you've yep. had them open. What else? Yep. So the number one, about 30% of your score is your payment history. Okay. Do you have any late payments? So if you make one late payment and a late payment means it has to be more than 30 days late. It's not, okay. oh, I, I, you know, I got a late. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's not it. Everyone panics about that. If you miss one payment on a credit card and you have perfect history, that can drop your score up to 200 points. Wow. One late payment. People don't realize that, that if you have a perfect, if you have an 800 credit score. And the reason why I know this was I had a client a few, like six or seven years ago now, and he had identity theft. And he had a Macy's card on his credit report that Macy's told him, don't pay this where we're handling it. And then they reported him as late because they got disconnected. We fixed it, but it got disconnected in the meantime. Right. Mm. And so it had dropped his credit score from like an 820 down to a 615 because they reported one late payment. And so oh, late my gosh, are 30% of your score. How reliable are you at making your payments on time? The next 30% is how much of your credit limit are you using? Mm -hmm. And so if you have a maxed out credit card, that's a hundred points. They'll drop your score down a hundred points for having a maxed out credit card. And a lot of people do this unintentionally because they put all their expenses on one card and let's miles say, and points, right? And right. Ever, which is fine. That's a great way to leverage your credit if you're doing it properly. And so if you have a $10,000 limit and you put $8,000 a month on it in expenses, and that's what, what gets reported they're showing you're using 80% of your limit. So it's going to start knocking down your credit score. So you should be at 30% of your limit or lower mm. on the date that your statement generates. So, oh. because that's what gets reported. It's not a continuous reporting that goes into the reporting agencies, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. All they're reporting is the day that your statement generated, what was your balance? And so I always have $8,000 on there every month. It's going to look like day. you never pay it off. Yeah. It's going to look day. like you never pay it off. They don't know. So okay. that's 60% of your score is just those two things. So when someone comes in, they tell me they have a credit problem. A lot of times I look at it, no, you have a debt problem because it's their, you have cards that are maxed out. And then the smaller things that go into that are length of credit history. Like you said, how long have you had accounts? And the optimal length is like 30 years. So a lot of us can't get get up there until we're, you know, in our fifties or whatever. Right. Because and that one card we got in at college for that t-shirt <laughs> yeah. and pizza, we no longer have that card anymore. Right? Exactly. And so people panic about that one. They're like, well, I don't want to close my accounts, but that's really only about 10% of your score. So it will, it may drop it down a little bit, but it's, it's not that bad. Um, and then it goes in the types of debt you have. They like to see revolving debt along with the mortgage or a car loan, like installment debt. So kind of your credit makeup, Collection accounts are not a good thing to have on your credit report. So that'll knock your score down. So that other 40% is kind of those, those types of things. Um, your credit. Interesting. Mix. 
Interesting. Okay. So not to max them out and find out, you know, my takeaway was find out when that data, that statement is and make your payment a little bit early. I know that I have a credit card that, that keeps telling me, um, Hey, if you pay earlier, it shows better on your score. And I'm like, okay. So instead of paying on the due date of the fifth, you know, you pay it on the first and then it shows that you're paying early on it. So yeah. So the due date, the due date doesn't matter because as long as, okay. unless that's when your statement hits. So let's say your due date's the 15th and your statement hits the 17th. If you pay it before the, the due date, then yes, that would okay. be okay. effective because you're paying it down. Um, but whatever your statement says that you have on the date statement goes. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm going to, as soon as we're, as soon as we're done with this, <laughs> I'm going and I'm looking and checking dates and balances and trying to up that because as a business owner, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities, right? I'm looking yep. for opportunities where I can um, be showcased or I can um, buy product or I can um, reduce my workman's comp bill or get a better insurance rate or even get better terms with my existing partners that I have out there. So if I'm carrying, um, uh, if, if I'm carrying terms on the products that I bring in to make my widget before I sell it, I want to have good credit. I mean, it just, to me, it makes, it, it makes duh sense, but I know it, it, it's not always that way for folks and they're not recognizing the little tips and tricks they can do to make it better. And not even, not even, not even thinking that they're in trouble, but thinking that they're doing okay when in fact they probably are in trouble. Yeah. And I did see that a lot where people are, they're in trouble and they don't realize it because they're not looking at the overall picture sometimes they're looking, oh, I'm making my bills each month. I'm doing this. But then when we look at the numbers, we're like, well, you're not, you're making the bills at minimum payments, but it's 18% interest or something like that, that you're paying. Right. Right. So, and then, and then you're just earning money to pay the payments and the, exactly. and the interest on it. So, okay. So we've talked a lot about like how to manage and get it, get it better on it. Let's yeah. kind of step into that dark corner and what happens if, I can't get control over it. And it does start to take me down. Um, yep. Is there a way to keep the business going and, and yep. get rid of the debt? There are ways to do that. And so I always, so technically I'm a bankruptcy attorney and everyone freaks out at the B word. And so that's why I call myself debt and credit. And what I have found is that, yes, there are ways you can, there are bankruptcy options, there are non-bankruptcy options. And that's what I do like every day is my job is to go through all those options. But the sooner you ask for help, mm -hmm. the more options you have. And so I like to emphasize that I'm a bankruptcy attorney, but I don't just do the bankruptcy. I try to figure out a way to keep you out of it if I can. But even if you have to go down the bankruptcy route, there are options for you to keep the business running and reorganize things or eliminate debt. But you're only going to know that if you talk to an expert in that, not Google and not trying to ask friends or family. Like I have a presentation I do called my brother's wife's dog told me because it's all these things that people say that aren't true that people are like, well, if I had known that I would have done this years ago type thing. So. Right. And instead, they lived in this bubbling, festering life of stress, trying yep. to make the payments on the debt, trying to manage and run a business. And, you know, it's it's really funny. Um, I believe that you put off an energy that mm -hmm. says I'm stressed and worried about money and therefore 
I need you, Mr. Client, so I could pay my bills. And I think that's not a great place to be in that stress. So if you can get rid of it some way, so that way you can breathe a little bit better and, and, and be of value to your customer and they don't feel that tension that's behind the scenes of, I need you, you know, it's, I think it's a better place. Finances really affect everything. I, I have a white paper that I wrote that's on financial stress in the workplace, but honestly, it affects your work, your family, your health. There was a study done in 2012. It's 10 years old now. I hope they do it again. The tox financial stress or stress itself is about 70% of illnesses are attributed mm-hmm. to stress and finances are the number one stressor. So they, I've seen it make people physically ill. And because they're all tensed up about it. So the more you worry about it and kind of get yourself mired down, it affects things, whether you realize it or not. So. It affects relationships too. So that's yes, you know, one of the, the, the number one, and I can't quote that, but the number yeah. one divorce reason is, yep. is over finances. And as a business owner, we're trying so hard to get the business running, profitable, going, managing, you know, everything else that you know, we tend not to want to look at those finances. Like you said in the beginning, we kind of just put up the blinders and go, okay, blah, 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 blah. Don't tell me, you know, Um, as long as I've got money coming in, I'm okay. (coughs) But we have to look at those numbers. What are the key numbers that we really ought to look at? So you really need to look at your gross income and your expenses and know what your net is for your business on a weekly, monthly basis. And the reason Mm -hmm. why I say that is because I often ask business owners, so how much do you make per month or what's your your revenue? And a lot of times they'll tell me, well, I took $2,000 last month out of the business. I'm like, no, what, how much are your total sales? And then what are your expenses? And like, oh, I think I pay $50 for this. And then we go look at the bank statements and we realize that they're actually paying $200 for that. So really having a handle on your gross income and what your expenses are to actually operate like legitimate operate and then what the net is is it just yeah. a good place to start and that doesn't make it super overwhelming it just here's what's your gross what are your expenses what's your net and then let's start looking at the expenses to see where we can improve the bottom line well said well said and and a lot of us in in the small business world we tend to run that lifestyle business. So we run our car through, we run our personal credit cards through, you know, wherever we can. We run our yep. cell phone through, you know, our kids need something and we give, you know, and, and it muddies up the business profitability. Um, you know, we did get in business and we do want to take advantage of the tax deductions that are available to us for business expenses. But when you start, you know, dance in that fine line of what really is a business expense and what could be classified as a business expense. Mm -hmm. Um, It really does affect that number going out. And I think being honest with yourself and drawing that line and saying, this really is a business expense. And those, um, you know, educational things you did. I had a client one time, the funniest thing she would, um, her uh, accountant would put in, um, uh, books as educational materials that she had books online and, you know, things like that. And I was like, you're just, you're hurting the business. You know, that's not but a lot of people happen. don't realize that you ruin the protection that your corporation provides for you as well. Mm-hmm. If you start mixing your, your personal expenses into it, because a creditor can come in and say, look, this corporation is just a facade at this point. Right. And <clears throat> you've destroyed that the lines between personal and business. So 
And that, and that corporation is there for a reason to protect your personal assets as well as protect you and your business from any potential challenges that come on. And why, why risk it over a, something exactly. that could have easily been paid out of your credit card? You pay a payment to yourself and then you go pay that credit card. You know? Which is why you should be on payroll and paying yourself. and paying Yes. Yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's a funny thing that a lot of small businesses will do is they will forego their own payments because they figure the things that they, you know, the car and their cell phone and whatever is being paid for. So they don't need the money really quite yet. So they want to keep it in the business. But um, that's, that's a big problem waiting to, waiting to happen because your true profitability isn't there. And the IRS doesn't like that either. Of course not. So, so then you'll end up with tax issues down the road. Yeah. And so. you, want, you, want the, you want the IRS to not have any problems with you. That's, exactly. that's, the, that's the best place to be. All right, Jen, yeah. this has been a fantastic conversation on debt. Um, what else do we need to know that maybe we haven't talked about yet? What's, what's a big piece that we might be missing? There was one thing that you had mentioned a, a few minutes ago about insurance and being able to set yourself up for insurance. What people don't realize in California is they can use good credit to lower your insurance premiums, but they can't use bad credit against you. So there's Ooh. no downside. But if you have good credit, it can lower your insurance premiums. Like when I apply for my malpractice insurance, there's a, a thing on there that says, will you let us run your credit? It won't hurt you, but it could get you a lower premium. It's the same thing for home and auto and commercial policies. So if you have good credit, you can build it up. That's one thing you should keep in mind. It may not be a lot of money, but again, when we're talking about knocking down expenses, every little bit helps in that process. So keep that in mind. So too. true. So true. We will shop for gas stations. We will shop for, for stuff discounted and coupons and prices. Mm -hmm. Why not shop for important things in your business as well? Exactly. Good point. Yeah. Good point. And there are a lot of insurances and, and credits that you're incurring in your business that may not be on that credit report. How do we take like our rent history and, <laughs> and get that published in our credit report? Is there any way to do things like that? So a couple of the reporting agencies do have the ability where you can report things. I, I've only seen like a few point difference for things mm. like that. So your rental history will be important if you're going to rent a new place and they ask your land, your previous landlord, stuff like that doesn't have to have to be in your credit report. Um, but checking your credit report to make sure that the things that are reported are accurate is really important. So mm -hmm. I would be more concerned with that than making sure that your like your cell phone is being reported or something like that. And is there um, any problem? Is there any problem with using like the like you mentioned the Credit Karma versus going right to Trans TransUnion or or Asperian directly? Is there any kind of difference in the numbers? There is some difference in the numbers there because the TransUnion, Experian, Equifax all have their own proprietary systems, and then people buy off of their systems for the different, like I said, the different programs they want to run. So if you go to annualcreditreport.com, that is the one that is sanctioned by the government to give everybody their credit reports once a year. You're supposed to be able to get one from each reporting agency once a year. With COVID and the CARES Act, they change that to once a week. So you're allowed to actually get your credit reports from TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian once a week currently. Wow. Now, they may change that again once COVID, sure. if it ever ends. Uh, that doesn't give you your score. What oh. a cre Credit reports and credit scores are two different things. So a credit report gives you all of the things that are reporting, negative, positive, your addresses, things like that. For your credit ever. score. For, yeah, well, they are they report the last 10 years and sometimes there's older stuff on there that doesn't affect your score anymore. So it's okay. all on there. 
and your employers are on there, your previous addresses are on there. So those things are all good to check. Your credit score is a number that's generated by whatever system the person who's running the score is using. Mm. And so if you, when you go to annualcreditreport.com, you can buy your scores from those three agencies. So you can do that and buy your scores. Credit Karma is free. Mm-hmm. There's no fees for it. The way they get paid is they get paid by advertisers and affiliate links when you click on credit card offers. Mm-hmm. So Credit Karma, I use, all, I use personally use Credit Karma. I have it on my okay. phone. Okay. Um, there's no downside as far as it doesn't lower your score to check it every week on Credit Karma or anything like that. They only have TransUnion and Equifax. They don't have Experian on Credit mm. Karma. And the numbers are usually on the higher side mm. from what someone will okay. get if they run your mortgage or car loan thing. So, but Credit Karma is free and it's a good baseline to look at. And I think that's it. I mean, we don't have to spend $30 a month to be an Asperian member we can use the other services to keep an eye on it because it's yeah. not, I mean, every it changes every day or every month on the statement, right? So yeah. it's not something that you have to pay a lot of money to manage, but it is incredibly important to look at it and figure yeah. out, oh, did I miss that payment? I didn't realize I missed that payment or, oh, no, I don't have, you know, anything on with them anymore. And, and it's just the awareness factor, I think, yeah. that is so important that we don't do in general, I mean, like you said in the beginning, there's no courses on how to run a business and run your financials. And there's no courses on us doing it personally either. Um, But it is something that is very important for you to get a good rating on your business, be able to take opportunities that come your way and, and, and become a real, a real financial, um, strength in your company and in your community by doing the right things. Love it. Love it. Okay. So Jen, where can listeners find out more about you and your services? So I do have, my website is jenlylaw.com. I do have a podcast called Debt Therapy and it's like 10 minute little things of you know, things that people should have been taught in school, but they never really were. And so that's just mydebttherapy.com is the, the website it. for that. And I also wrote a white paper a few years ago on financial stress in the workplace and how it affects your employees and what your employees mm. are going through for finances. And that is also up on my website as well. Love it. Love it. And introduce us to Bernadette back there. <laughs> so Bernadette, um, I slow it down so people can, when they hear it, Bernadette is the elephant in the room. And she basically stands for this idea that 70 to 80% of the people around you have debt or credit problems and no one talks about it. So literally when you walk into a room, picture a big elephant in the middle, no one's talking about this topic, but everyone around you has problems with their finances that they don't want to talk about. And so it's easier to talk about if people recognize that everyone has that problem and it's not and don't be shamed yeah Yeah. don't be shamed by it I love it I love the I love the idea and I think it is it's so important just to be aware and in control and do the things you can to improve your credit because it'll make your business um stronger and more profitable in the long run so awesome Jen thanks so much appreciate it all right listeners i hope you have found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you be more profitable i know managing your credit understanding your numbers and making sure that your debt is manageable um i think is is super super important 
And now more than ever, it is important to uh, treat your business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one more selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet, because there are tons of benefits to having a sale-worthy business. Uh, it'll be on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Go register for free at exitwithaplan.com. You don't want to miss this class. And as always, Jen and I would love to hear your questions, comments, share some um, some situations that have occurred with you on your credit and how you came out on the other side or, or opportunities that you have gotten because you had good credit. And um, don't forget to subscribe on today's podcast. Uh, you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Jen. 